Hey everybody, it's been a few months since I've recorded an episode of Nevermind Who Listens and I want to tell you a little bit about that. If you follow the Instagram account for Nevermind Who Listens or if you follow me on Twitter at DeanQuickMTBC, then you know that I have been spending some time writing some music And in the months that I've not been writing podcast episodes, I've been writing music for my new project, which is called Wonder and Will. You can find it a couple different ways. One directly on Bandcamp. It's wonderandwill.bandcamp.com. Or using a short link, which I've created. It's bit.ly slash wonderandwill. I hope you'll check out the music, and I hope that it's something you like. It's a little different. Um, It's a little similar than some other stuff. Either way, it's what I wanted to do, and it's it's been amazing to write music again. It's been a long time, and really, that's the point of this podcast is to create for the sake of creating like no one's listening. So in some ways when I set out to do this episode month by month, I knew I was setting myself up for failure, um, but I don't think I failed um, because I'm still creating things, just not the podcast itself. So that being said, I'd I'd like to tell you I, I intend to continue making episodes for this podcast, just not every month like I did originally. I don't like working within uh, a format. Um, Some people really thrive on formats for creativity, but I don't. I need to just do whatever I want to do in the moment, and that makes me most happy, so that's what I'm going to do. So I appreciate anybody who's listening um, and being flexible with me. One note is um, all the music that you hear in this episode was recorded after I narrated. So I'm, I'm going to give you the vocals now. Obviously, I'm recording them right now. And then I'm going to create music in the background in the moment, improvisatory, based on what I'm hearing in the narration. I'm really looking forward to doing that. And I think that's how I'm going to create music for the podcast in the future i don't know anyone else doing that and if you are let me know i'd I'd love to collaborate that's another thing too is if you want music for your podcast reach out to me uh, either on instagram at nevermind who listens or twitter at dean quick mtbc or on twitter at wonder and will um i mean it's probably pretty clear by now i'm i'm writing a lot of music and just got bitten by the writing bug again and it's been great so I encourage you to do the same write music write podcasts just write and create and never mind who listens to it or reads it and I think that's probably a good segue into the show so here we go
Never Mind Who Listens is a podcast grounded in music discussion, philosophy, and psychology, sometimes together and sometimes separate discussions. Juxtaposition. Two or more together in contrast. Simply existing side by side for the sake of comparison. How are they similar? How are they different? What about the two makes them less interesting apart? Why did the artist put them together? Was it an accident or was it intentional? Does it seem intentional? Does their juxtaposition make their proximity justified in breaking rules while establishing new ones? Are they totally complementary or just kind of? I love the idea of juxtaposition in art and in life. It flirts with the idea of duality and balance. If I've talked about anything consistently on this podcast, it's been balance. Without juxtaposition, cognitive dissonance wouldn't be so useful. The challenging of one's inconsistent thoughts with clear truth and fact. Juxtaposition. Exploring the meaning in life and art be boring without comparison. Living in a state of complacency with no upward momentum is stagnation. Complacency is a stranger who may or may not be concealing a weapon to harm. Lurking in the shadows or standing in the light and blending with everything around you that's comfortable waiting for the moment in which they pass you by or change your life forever. Complacency is a life lived without comparison in which you live behind the veil and are agreeable to live on that plateau. That plateau that is your waking hours, no movement up or down in life. Devoid of knowing what life is like when there is risk. Juxtaposition can be about taking risks or it can be about hiding the artful meaning. When someone doesn't take into consideration the what-ifs, meaning when they do not compare and contrast the options before them, they cheat their self of living a life fulfilled. So much of our experiences in life are driven by fear. Sadness, anger, and fear itself manifest from the what-ifs and the clear negative truths. Joy, compassion, and motivation are derived from comparison and contemplating the cost and benefits of placing tangible reality with unknown but sometimes calculated risks. There are clinical examples 
where comparison is the trigger. Comparison with folks with certain mental health disorders can be a major trigger and a possible catalyst for eating disorder and or substance use disorder behavior. Comparison is the basis for juxtaposition and I do not believe its use in a safe clinical environment to be contraindicated with populations in which comparison is triggering. So there's this quote you may have heard before, and it goes like this. Comparison is the thief of joy. I believe that is very unilateral and cliche. There's no challenging the negative behavior in the statement, and that leads to stagnation. So if you constantly believe that comparison steals your joy, you're denying yourself any of that, the negative stuff that comes with comparing, right? So sometimes people have the things that you want, and it's important that you acknowledge those thoughts. So if you're in treatment and you say comparison is the thief of joy, then you're not allowing yourself to take ownership in the behavior. Comparison in the guise of juxtaposition is beautiful. Most art wouldn't exist without comparison. Tom Waits' music would lose its edge or not exist at all. Folk songs such as You Are My Sunshine do not exist in that universe. Escher and Magritte, wouldn't, they would have starved to death most literature would be boring and would lack detail. The purpose of comparison is to draw out detail in characters, figures in art and duality in music, either in thematic music or lyrical content or the two in conjunction. In the business world, comparison drives motivation and intellectual endeavor. The work of Dr. Jordan B. Peterson doesn't work without juxtaposition. The works of Joseph Campbell and Carl Jung do not work without it either. So much of the beauty of Dr. Peterson's work with chaos and order is an exploration of the juxtaposition with you being the space between the two contrasting perspectives. It's especially interesting because the focal point needs to be dialectic accepting that chaos and order exist because of the other and simultaneously. In art, juxtaposition is meant to draw your attention to the differences between two things, typically. When Dr. Peterson describes meaning in 12 Rules for Life, in a beautiful, beautiful excerpt in Rule 7, which rule seven, seven is pursue what is meaningful, not what is expedient. He starts talking about all these things that are really just like, it's just an exploration and juxtaposition all within itself. But he starts talking about this lotus flower, like reaching down into the darkness. And Jung has a quote about the roots of a tree reaching down into hell so that it can grow and have this strong foundation. Um, 
But Peterson is talking about this lotus flower, and he's comparing, and he's putting light and darkness side by side. And I'm just going to read a part from the book so you can get an idea. This is from the book. Striving upward through the ever-clearing water, blooming forth on the very surface, revealing within itself the golden Buddha, himself perfectly integrated, such that the revelation of the divine will can make itself manifest in his every word and gesture. I really encourage you to not only buy the book as a reference, but purchase the audiobook because Dr. Peterson reads it himself. And this is a, right in the middle of the book, and it is just very powerful. To me, almost as powerful as the ending of the book where he ties it all together. Just, just beautiful. I think he's one of the most misunderstood intellectual figures of our lifetime. And yeah, check him out. Buy the book. Listen to the audiobook because he reads it. And this part is almost as powerful as the ending. He, he's just a brilliant man. So he's taking good and evil, light and darkness, persona, shadow. All these things are forever juxtapo- juxtaposed for our comparison uh, to take from it what we will and do with that experience what we will. To store the experience internally as knowledge and use it to plow through that stagnation and ripple the water of our conscious and unconscious motivations, to tear from the collective our page and collate our future, to take charge, to be bold enough to care about making not only your life better, but affecting the lives of those around you with motivation, positivity, and love. To be the larger part of life placed next to the smaller complacent energy. To be the focal point and the line between good and evil. This is from the Gulag Archipelago by Alexander Scholznitsen. Quote, The line separating good and evil passes not through states, nor between classes, nor between political parties either but right through every human heart and through all human hearts. This line shifts inside us. It oscillates with the years. And even within hearts overwhelmed by evil, one small bridgehead of good is retained." End quote. The relationship we have with good and the line over which we sometimes cross into evil or chaos shifts. It is each and every person's responsibility to know where that line is at all times and work to never fully cross into one side or the other. And even when we cross into one or the other, we have within us the opposite. Even in the terrible men and women who have lived, within them still one small bit of good is retained juxtaposition. So when listening to music, 
when listening to someone else speak, when assessing a patient's behavior versus their words, when looking into your own life, do not lose focus and get caught up only seeing that two or more things are different. Allow yourself to see beyond and lose your inhibitions to what additional meaning the juxtaposition itself can bring you. Don't get caught up in just the fact that these two things are different. What is born from that difference? What is born from the contrast? What have you learned and what was given to you from the comparison? Without the contrast, would you have had this new thought or experience or realization? Take into account that something new can come from two old things put together. Thank you for listening. Never Mind Who Listens is created, hosted, edited, and all music has been composed by me, your host, Dean Quick. Find Never Mind Who Listens on Instagram at Never Mind Who Listens and download it wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks again.